The injury bug keeps on coming for the Jets. Their franchise left tackle, punter, starting safety, and multiple linebackers all are on IR. Can gangrene recover from the endless injuries? The Patriots come to MetLife for the Jets' home opener Sunday. Will Robert Sala and Zach Wilson pick up their first wins? Our special guest today is a former Jets QB that played 18 seasons in the NFL, and he's still out there if someone needs a backup QB. It's the season vet. Josh McCown. So take flight. Lock in. We got a stacked edition of Gangs All Year from the New York Post. Next. You play to win the game. Welcome back to Gangs All Here podcast, our New York Jets podcast from the New York Post. I am your host, Jake Brown, alongside my co-host, Jets beat writer, Brian Costello. Follow us on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio at Brian Cos. Read Cos's coverage in the New York Post at nypost.com and sign up for Post Plus as well as you get some newsletters, some royal roundtables. Royal, um, royal some, round Yeah, it's like, a, it's like a wrestling match. Uh, you get all sorts of extra things with Post Sports Plus, so sign up for that. Um, I believe it's a month free, so at least take the month free and then make your decision after that, but <laughs> definitely uh, be part of the crew there at the Post Plus. And uh, the Jets will take on the Patriots, and we're excited later in the show to be joined by a guy who played essentially two decades, Kaz, in the NFL, Josh McCown, 18 years. He played for, I think, the Hartford Colonials as well. I didn't even know that was a team in the UFL. Um, he played in a playoff game for the Eagles. We'll talk to him. You know, my mom tutored his daughter in North Carolina. For a couple of years in high school. So, you know, if she did well in her SATs, all credit goes to Mama Brown. And uh, he also walked in. I'm interested to hear about this cause. He walked in as a quarterbacks coach where I went to my, my one year high school, Marvin Ridge. And uh, I texted one of their players to get some insight going behind the scenes, doing some insider work cause. Texted one of the Marvin Ridge players to find out how coach mccown was as a yeah. high school and now quarterback. He's, he's coaching in Texas now, Josh. Josh is, so he's continuing his coaching career. And I love that. You know, he volunteered like this guy. I don't even know if he got paid. He just walked in and said, I'd like to help out. And uh, that's pretty cool. So a good guy and yeah. a guy that you regarded, Kyle, you said he was the best, best guy in the league. Best guy I ever covered, Jake. Baseball, football, anything. He's the best guy I ever covered. Just a really incredibly nice guy. Genuine guy. You, you hear different stories about things Josh did for people. You know, one of our colleagues at another outlet uh, got laid off. He covered the Jets and he got laid off a few years ago. Ago and then the day he got laid off, his phone rang and it was Josh. Guy didn't even know that Josh knew his phone number. And Josh called him and just kind of told him, "Keep your head up, you know, you're you're good, you're gonna be all right." And you know, I just remember talking to him and he was blown away that that Josh would do something like that. That's not something players usually do, Jake. <laughs> they and it's even worse now because the locker room's closed. Like a lot of times, we're not really human beings to them. You know, we're just kind of annoying pests in the locker room. But Josh treated everyone really well, and he's so popular. I used to love when Josh was on the Jets watching pregame. How many guys? came up to him because he knew everyone in the league because he played for so many teams. He knows all the coaches. He knows all the players. Like, it would be incredible how many guys he would talk to pregame. Yeah, no, that's rare, I feel like, in, in the game today. And listen, when you're making, what do you make, $50 million to be essentially a backup quarterback, he lived a glorious two decades in the NFL. Hey, 
you know, it could come to the point the Jets might need to give him a, a buzz pretty <laughs> soon. We'll see if he could be a second or third string quarterback, but uh, they won't need one yet. And as they go into week two against the New England Patriots, and we'll preview that game in a few minutes, the Patriots six-point favorites coming off a 17-16 loss to the Dolphins in week one. Mac Jones had a pretty good week one. Zach Wilson, not as good as the Jets coming off their 19-14 loss to the Panthers. And the big news in Jets land this week, guys, is injury after injury after injury after injury makai becton goes to ir lamarcus joiner your starting safety is out for the season becton is out to what at least the buy right four to six weeks you know jay usually with these things i bet the over when when they say that it's a knee he's a large man if he comes back in six weeks like let's say he comes back to practice i just think he's going to take him a little bit of time to get ready to play football yeah it's, it's going to be a while I, I wouldn't expect to see him probably until november somewhere around there i'm in pain just hearing dislocated kneecap yeah i, mean, <laughs> I yeah, feel like that, that terminology it feels like more than six weeks just by hearing that plus he had arthroscopic knee surgery or he's having it well he was debate there was i I'm not sure if he had it. We were, it, Monday, Salah said he um, that Makai was getting second opinions to see if he needed the surgery. There was there's always some debate when if something's not torn about whether they need to do the surgery, do they do a cleanup or not? So uh, you know we'll see. And that if he has surgery, that extends this a little bit longer. You lose your left tackle. You lost your safety. You lost your punter, who also goes to IR. Braden Man. You pick up Thomas Morstead, who won a Super Bowl with the Saints. You have three linebackers down now in Blake Cashman, in Sherwood, in Gerard Davis. Your backup safety, Ashton Davis. My goodness, who isn't hurt on that Jets defense? And, you know, they signed B.J. Goodson, who's he was a leader on the Browns. He's a veteran. Got $2.1 million up to that former Giants linebacker as well. It seems like B.J. Goodson, you know, days into being a Jet, might have to start on Sunday, guys. Yeah, I don't know if I'd go that far, Jake. Uh, they have Delshawn Phillips, who's been here, um, and he played the other day. They also picked up Quincy Williams, Quinnen's brother. Remember, he's on the roster, so he could play. But it's it's pretty amazing, Jake. Just that all like I, I can't remember a day like yesterday with that many transactions coming through. All the guys going IR, all the guys they signed, like. That was a heavy transaction day. You know, I'm thinking about like the team meeting. I was walking by um, at the Jets building right now and I walked by the lobby and I could see them coming out of the meeting. And I imagine there was a lot of introductions <laughs> this morning that uh, guys just getting here and getting to know their teammates. And so the Jets have not had good injury luck, you know, on top of everything else that's been wrong with this team for the last few years. It feels like every year they get really hit hard by injuries and looks like it's going to be another one of those years, Jake. Yeah, if this happened last year, they wouldn't know who, who it is because everyone would have a mask on. They would have no idea, you know. Yeah. <laughs> BJ, is that you? I, so, I don't know who you are. And I know, like, you're being funny, but the thing about last year, too, that's different now is the COVID restrictions are different now if you're vaccinated. That's why, like, if, you, if you're a street-free agent right now, you better be vaccinated because there's not an intake period. Last year, when guys signed, they had to pass. I can't remember how many days of tests it was before they were allowed in the building. If you had a week like the Jets had, on Sunday where you lost all those guys, you'd be hurting this week because I don't know. I don't know how many of these guys would be eligible to play on Sunday. They'd have to go through so, so much testing, but it's different this year. If you're vaccinated, you can get in quickly. So I'm sure all these guys are, are vaccinated and will get in here and, and get acclimated. Do you know the Jets vaccination percentage, the roster? Uh, when in training camp, it was 81 out of 90 were vaccinated. You know, obviously they've got rid of they're down to 53 guys, but I think it's pretty high here, Jake. And, you know, the guys in the NFL who can kind of afford not to be vaccinated are the high priced star 
player. Like they're they're not in jeopardy of losing their job. Jets don't have many of those. (laughs) So the Jets are a younger team. The Jets have a lot of guys fighting for jobs. So I don't think the vaccination thing is an issue with the Jets. Just the test. I mean, I got tested a few times over COVID and I was in tears when they stuck that thing up my nose. So I'll pass on on that. That's painful. I'll say this. I just got tested this morning. We have to get tested once a week um, at the Jets facility and the people from BioReference do it for the Jets and they're fantastic. I've had tests like you're talking about privately where I was in tears and these people like they're they're pros. They, they, it was, you barely feel it. Even vaccinated. They're testing once a week. week. Yeah. Unvaccinated has to get tested every day. I think if you're vaccinated, you get tested once a week. This world has been flipped upside down this past year. Well, right I mean, now. they just want it. They really are making, trying to make sure that none of these games get canceled. You know, they do not want an outbreak. So, like, it's kind of awesome for me personally. I have two kids at home who are young, too young to get vaccinated. My son's actually getting vaccinated tomorrow. He just turned twelve. You know, for us, it's been like, okay, are they going to? You know, we don't want them to get sick. So if I get tested every week and I know I'm not, I don't have it. I feel a little bit more comfortable for them that that they're not, they don't have it you know yeah and once a week is i mean daily is just uh That's bananas yeah that, yeah that would be a lot so um you know the jets offensive line will be tested uh <laughs> weekly <Okay. laughs> yeah <laughs> they'll get they'll get some uh things shoved up their nose on, on sunday against <laughs> the patriots yeah. when they play and you know you you talked to some of the guys so far this week, and Mike Lafleur is going to have to plan for pressure. He's going to have to plan that Zach Wilson gets the ball out. He's going to have to plan for wide receiver screens. He's going to have to plan for Zach Wilson to get the ball out of his hands quickly on Sunday. Yeah, well, it's I mean, this is on Lafleur. You know, it's on a lot of them, but big one on Lafleur. Like he's like you said, he's got to come up with ways that Zach can get easy throws, get the ball out quickly. You know, and then two Jake, I put a lot on the receivers. We we're banging around the offensive line, and and rightfully so. They they didn't play well, but the Jets cannot afford drops. If he gets the ball out, you got to catch it. And that one, the third down, that Elijah Moore, the deep ball, is it a drop? Uh, you know, it was a tough catch. It's a catch that an NFL receiver has to make. And these guys have to help him out. Corey Davis had a good game, but he had a drop. They've got to help Zach out here. They have to help the offensive line out. This is the way it's been for a few years here. They have no margin for error, right? That, that's the kind of team they are. They cannot make mistakes. You know, I think it's going to be a group effort helping cut down that pressure. Yeah, and it'll help getting some receivers back. Now, Crowder should definitely be back. What do we think we'll about Crowder? We'll see more today. Oh. I, you know, we talked to Robin is, when we're recording this, we're about an hour away from talking to Robert Sala. Uh, he was expecting him to come off the COVID list. Now, Crowder had a groin injury before he went on the COVID list. So we got to kind of see where that's at. We haven't heard anything about that because he's been out. It sounded like they expected him and Cole both to be able to come back this week. Yeah, and that'll be big for the Jets offense. And, you know, Denzel Mims is back. He's He's been fine. He's been healthy. Now, you know, what did the coaching staff, what did Salah have to say about the reason for him only getting three snaps in week one? It was a little weird, Jake. He said, um, if you're not one of the starting three wide receivers, that you have to know all three wide receiver positions. So you have to know the X, you have to know the Z, you have to know slot, which all have different responsibilities. I don't really, get, I kind of understand that from, a, you know, the, he, what he's saying basically is if one of those guys go down, we need to be able to put you in the game at any of those spots, which is ideally I, I agree with, but I don't know, like, I look at Denzel Mims, Jake. He's six foot three, six foot four, whatever he is. He runs a four three forty. He's got great hands. He has skills that you can't coach, right? He has skills that other receivers on this team do not have. 
whatever you like Braxton Barrios and nice little receiver. He doesn't have that kind of talent and his, you know, he just doesn't have those kind of gifts. So if you're Michael Flora, I think, you know, no matter what's going on and, he, and they, they clearly don't trust Denzel Mims uh, fully, you've got to at least have a package of plays for him and let the guy run deep and let Zach chuck it up to him a few times a game. If that's all he can do, that's all he can do. All right. If he's a limited player, you feel like that. But that's fine. He still has a skill set that you can use, especially on this offense that for two and a half quarters did nothing on Sunday. I don't think he can play three. I mean, I don't know if he's going to be active this week, Jake. You know, if Keelan Cole and Jamison Crowder come back, uh, they're not going to carry seven receivers out there. So I, I just, he could be inactive for this game. And the other thing is he doesn't really play special teams. So that factors in because Berrios plays special teams. Jeff Smith plays special teams. So if, you know, it's a pretty bad statement if he's inactive this week. It just feels like something behind the scenes is going on. Because well, I it's, think- it's not, there's nothing like nefarious, Jake. They don't trust him. They don't think he knows the playbook. I mean, Salah said it. Salah said he doesn't know the three positions well enough. You know, he came from Baylor, right, which Baylor runs a, a very basic college offense. You know, you watch if anyone watches Big 12 football, they don't play defense in the Big 12. They look to the sideline every time. The coaches hold up a card or what the play is, and it's very basic. They knew that when they drafted him. Now, what kind of hurt Denzel Mims is he needed the maximum amount of reps that he could possibly get coming out of Baylor. So what happens? The pandemic hits. There's no spring program, his first spring. There's no practices. So he misses that. They get on the field in August. He pulls his hamstring on like day one. He misses basically all of training camp. He comes back before week one. He pulls his other hamstring. And that kept him out until the middle of October. Now, in the middle of October, Jake, the Jets and every other NFL team, they're focused on winning that week. They're not focused on developing the rookie wide receiver. There's not like, it's not training camp anymore. So he just kind of got thrown in on the fly. He did some good things last year. Um, And then this year, he comes in the spring and he gets food poisoning. And misses the whole spring. So again, he has no reps. And then when he gets to training camp, he's behind. Because now these other guys have had a spring. They've won over the coaches. Keelan Cole had a phenomenal spring. You know, he started behind there. And I think he just hasn't been able to win over this coaching staff. And this happens, Jake, when a coaching change happens. Inevitably, there's a few players that just don't fit. It doesn't mean they're not good players. Remember, Eric Mangini got rid of Jonathan Vilma, right? And Vilma wanted to have a very good career in New Orleans. He just didn't mesh with that coaching staff. Right, and it's what happens, and I think that's what's happening here. To me, you look at it, and the Jets' offense needs all the help it can get, and this guy can do something. Like to think about Robbie Anderson, Jake. Right when he was here, Robbie as a young player, he was limited. He might still be limited. You know, he had one catch on Sunday, but what was that one catch? It was a forty-five yard touchdown, fifty-seven yard touchdown. Sorry, Denzel Mims to me is a bigger version of Robbie Anderson. Like so, if if he can't run the full route tree and he can't do everything, okay, I can live with that. But get him on the damn field for a few plays and throw it deep to him. I mean, he played three plays Sunday, one catch for 40 yards. That's what you're going to get from Mims. So they, they got to figure this out, Jake. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, the fact that, you know, his, the only time he threw to him, he got 40 yards. I mean, it's a no-brainer to just see what happens. In the worst case, he doesn't make a catch. But if he could do one, one or two of those every week, it'll put Zach Wilson in a good position. Patriots, Jets, let's preview it. Let's make our picks. Home opener. Glad to see Jets fans back at MetLife. I think there will be a lot of Patriots fans there, too. 
probably not 50-50 like we saw at the Subway Series, but I think it'll be like 70-30, 80-20 maybe. Why, Jake? Um, Why do you think there'll be so many Patriots fans? Because Boston's close, I think. But, like, uh, Jets fans aren't going to gobble up all the tickets? Like, they're going to – No, I think some people are down right now. I think, you know, I I don't think everyone's all in on on this team right now, and I think it's the one game year Patriots fans who are local and Boston people could drive down. Well, I can see that. I can see that, like, in November. Like, it just surprised me for the home opener. I would think the home opener – first regular season game in two years you got a new coach you got a new quarterback even if they're down off of sunday like they were up in january february or march april may like june like you know they there was excitement about this team you know i would expect a lot of the, to be crowded with jets fan i, I would think they will say 80 20 then 80 20 all right i think four to five people is fair to say will yeah. be uh, i mean jets i think fan. if this game was in december yeah sure it'd be packed with patriots fans <laughs> But I think you know, I like I'm the game I'm thinking about a lot, Jake, uh, and I'm I'm actually working on a column for 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 the post is um, remember back in 2009 Rex Ryan's first home game at the old stadium they beat the Patriots in Week Two and that was probably the loudest Jets game that I can remember. Yeah, I think I was there for that one. Yeah, I was definitely there for that one because I remember it was rowdy. Yeah, um, that Sanchez's place went first nuts. game, Sanchez's first home game. Yeah. yeah, and it was like Super Bowl confirmed. It was like excitement <laughs> was in the air. Uh, that won't be the case this year. But listen, the Jets have lost 10 straight to the Patriots. I mean, 2015, it's been a while since they beat him. Kevin Harlan, one of one of our favorites, will be on the call with Trent Green on CBS, Pats 17-16 loss. Mac Jones 29-39 on a touchdown. Had a pretty good debut. Patriots six-point favorites, minus 280, over under 42.5. Kaz, break it down, make your pick. Well, I got to be better than last week, Jake. Well, I should the podcast pick was pretty good. The the uh, the pod, the paper, the one I switched to in the paper wasn't good. I um I think this will be close, Jake. I don't think the Patriots are world beaters right now. I think they're figuring things out with obviously their own rookie quarterback. They have a lot of new pieces that they brought in. So I think the Jets will keep this close. I think this will be a coin flip game. I'm going to give it to the Patriots, but I think the Jets cover. I will say Patriots 21, Jets 20. Wow, okay, a one-point game. I learned my lesson from picking the Jets last week that I can't pick him again. I know the Patriots aren't world beaters, and um, I just think all these injuries and the Jets are so beleaguered. Outside of getting a couple receivers back, that defensively, Mack and you know, the, the Patriots' rushing attack could tear them up. You know, They got a couple of good tight end options, too. The Patriots have a lot of places. They could throw the football. Nelson Aguilar had a touchdown in week one. I actually think the Jets will lose 24-17. So, cause with a closer prediction well, uh, close. to the Jets covering than me. I don't think the Jets will cover. Um, hopefully, I'm wrong. I think this is good reverse cycle. Psychology. I picked the Jets to lose by a touchdown, and they end up winning. I hope they do. I probably am going to go on Sunday. I think the weather's going to be good. I like to go to the first, you know, one or two when the weather's nice, and then it's time to red zone and TV. It just gets too cold. Yeah, that's soft, uh, huh, Jake? Yeah, Mr. Soft, yeah, I guess. When they're 2-10, and 10, it's it's different. Well, the Mets, it's not cold. It's cold in April. The rest of the season, it's pretty what about, warm. Well, and then, what if they play deep into October, Jake? Like, well, they're I a dream mean, there. There's you'll zero be- plans on the schedule. It's Mets, 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 Mets. Like, playoffs is okay. different. You you'll, know, bundle playoffs. Up, you'll bundle up. You'll bundle up. You'll I took out a loan to go to every playoff game in 2015 <laughs> for the Mets. So, if the Jets were to go on a Super Bowl it's- run... God bless my financial situation. This is not a financial money. planning podcast. Yeah, don't don't listen to me for financial advice. Um, do not try to stunt at home. Yeah, so Jets 24-17 loss. Uh, we'll see what happens. But coming up, we're excited to chat with a former Jets quarterback. He's the savvy vet. Josh McCown will join us next on Gangs All Here. 
Joining us now on Gangs All Here is a former Jets quarterback that played two seasons for Gang Green in 2017 and 2018, where he made 16 starts. He played 18 seasons in the NFL from 2002 to 2020 for 10 teams the Cardinals, Lions, Raiders, Panthers, Bears, Bucks, Browns, Jets, Eagles, and Texans. He threw for 17,731 yards in his career, along with 98 touchdown passes, and played in a playoff game for the Eagles in 2019. He's currently coaching at Rusk High School in Texas, high school football, and he previously coached at Marvin Ridge High School in Waxhaw, North Carolina, where I got my high school diploma (laughs) my senior year going there. He's the pride of Jacksonville, Texas, and a Sam Houston alum. Let's give a warm gangs all here. Welcome to the savvy vet, Josh McCown. Josh, Jake Brown, and Brian Costello, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. That was a heck of an intro. And anybody that can rattle off all those teams that fast deserves an award. That was impressive, bro. <laughs> yeah, I need some oxygen right now. I'm like, I'm, I'm out of breath at that point. Listen to those teams. And, you know, you have a connection with me that my mom tutored your daughter in math and the SATs in North Carolina. So was your daughter a good student after uh, my mom taught her? Shout out to Mama Brown. Yeah, she's, uh, like I said, she just graduated college. So we're we're excited that uh, your mom helped her out because she might not have made it um, without her. So, so kudos <laughs> to your mom. Yeah, and, you know, you coached at, uh, you know, Marvin Ridge as well, where I went for a year. And I texted a former Marvin Ridge player who played in the NFL for a bit, K.J. Brent. Uh, just to see if he had any insight on you coaching him. And he, he texted me, I always wish I would have been able to play more with him. Man, it's such a nice touch and was really helpful on route advice for me. You know, I think that's pretty cool reading your story that you basically walked in and volunteered to be, you know, help out with the kids and be a quarterback's coach. And you're still doing that today. And obviously your son's playing in high school. So something special, I guess, about Marvin Ridge and Waxaw and, you know, teaching high school players to, uh, you know, groom their game. Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was an interesting time in my life. You know, Marvin Ridge just got started. You know, it was a relatively new school. And uh, Scott Chadwick, the head coach, reached out to me about uh, coming and helping. And, you know, I got around him and he he kind of extended the offer. Hey, you want to do this full time? And, you know, where I'm from in Texas, the volunteer coaching thing is different. Like, you you, you know, you're more in the classroom as a teacher type of thing. And, or you have a job in the school district. And so I was like, I, you know, I didn't I didn't realize he could really make me the coach. And he said, hey, man, no, I, I want you to be the quarterback coach. And so it was a time when I was out of the league and it was a great you know great opportunity for me to kind of go serve those kids kind of be around football and was kind of the impetus of what I think started the the coaching itch for me um and and seeing the game in a different way and then I I really feel like it impacted me as a player when I got back on the field because um when you teach something you master it that much more and uh, and I think it helped me as a player so I am forever indebted to Marvin Ridge because of uh, the time that they let me have there with those guys. And uh, the coolest thing that you understand about coaching is they get past the the, the pro football player thing real fast. Uh, but when you ask the kid about how his day went, how he did on a test, uh, that matters to them. And so um, so I really appreciated that opportunity with Marvin Ridge and, and Coach Chadwick. And I hate that I missed KJ by a year. He's a heck of a player and a heck of a man. And it was fun to be there. Josh, one of the big storylines with the Jets – Basically, all, all since they drafted Zach Wilson and really through training camp was the backup quarterback spot because they didn't go the Josh McCown route 
of bringing in a guy who's been around the league and to teach sort of what, what the, what the Jets did with Sam and you, and what a lot of teams do, they decided just to roll with Mike White. James Morgan was here. He got cut. I'm curious from your perspective, having done it, the mentor backup QB, like how much value do you think there is in that for a rookie quarterback? You think it's risky when teams decide, you know what, we're not going to put anyone in that room like that. Uh, It is only in the sense uh, of just, where you are with your with your group, heartbroken over the loss of, of Greg Knapp. And I feel like you, you have a guy like Knapper in that room, then that, that probably eases some of those things. I know they've added Matt Cavanaugh, who's a veteran coach and a, and a heck of a coach. But as I've said all the time, there's something about having that jersey on. Uh, and you understand that. People, you know, I, I've talked about coaching, coaching high school football now. The ability to relate and communicate as soon as you don't have a jersey on is just different. It just is. And the peer-to-peer accountability and communication from a player. Uh, so that's why you see the teams. And that's, I think, afforded me the opportunity to have a have a role on so many teams as, as kind of that mentor, as you're saying, because you understand that you may say the exact same thing that a coach says, but because you have a jersey on, because you're a player, it hits home a little different. Um, so I do think there's value in that for sure. And it would help. But if you feel good about your room, you know, that's the thing is every room is different. And as an organization, if you feel good about the young players that are in there, sometimes you may not because of the talent level, you may say, well, the, the guys around them, they, they we may not have that old sagey vet that can kind of, you know, whisper things to him that nobody else can. But at the same time, this kid that's our backup, Mike White, those guys, you may go physically, you know, we're excited about who he, who he can be as a player. And so we don't want to lose him, you know, from a roster standpoint. So you go that route. So I I think, you know, I feel like Joe D and, and Rex and those guys have a good handle on on where they're taking this roster. And that was the best thing for them. I always, you know, will firmly believe uh, that the more good, solid voices you can have affirming the message that the coaches are sending is a positive thing. Is your phone available if a team calls? Are you officially <laughs> retired or are you available to be a backup right, he's, quarterback? He's, now he's speaking as a Jets fan here, Josh, just so you know. Yeah. It? Jets fans are a little jittery about Jets fans are a little jittery about what they saw Zach getting pounded on Sunday. Yeah, so. no. I mean, I can understand that. I, my, my, my phone is always available. Um, but, you know, I got a son that's a senior right now and a junior and currently 3-0 and on our team. And we're, we're really excited about where our season's going. So my focus is there. I don't know what will happen after the season's over. But uh, but for best I can tell, I'm, I'm done and, and, and going to, you know, coach up these guys and have a lot of fun with that. But, you know, I, I see the cause for concern with Jets fans. But I saw a lot of positive Sunday, too. So, so I think the arrow is definitely pointing up. So you're saying week 12, if the Jets need... Needed someone and they call you and offer you a deal, you will say yes. No, I'm just saying, like, if the phone right now, I probably wouldn't answer. I might answer later. I don't know. I'm saying I would say yes. I just would probably answer. <laughs> You know, so I've just got a narrow focus on the Rusk Eagles and, and trying to do the best we can coaching the receiver. Josh, I know we spoke, I, I think I spoke to you about Zach before the draft, and I know you were high on him out of BYU and you studied a lot of tape on those quarterbacks in the draft. What did you think? from what you saw from him Sunday and kind of just your overall feelings about Zach Wilson. Yeah. Everything that you were excited for when you drafted him, you're, you're still excited about. I always say this, those traits, whatever you identify, oh, we, we picked him because he's smart. We picked him because he's got an arm. We picked him because he can run. Fill in the blank. Whatever trait that you, the reason that you went after that guy, you want to see because experience doesn't matter on those things, right? I mean, other than maybe the intelligence part, but experience doesn't matter. Like if a guy, if you pick a guy because he can flat spin it, then even if he doesn't throw it to the right guy, you want to see it spin. You want to see that ball jump out of his hand. And so I think you saw that Sunday. His skill set as a passer 
was on display. And there are things to be excited about from that standpoint. And then there are some growing things. Some of the sacks, some of the things aren't, aren't completely on the old line. Uh, it's unfortunate losing Becton. Um, hopefully he'll be back, you know, soon. Uh, but there's things that I think he can help him with and how he processes and plays, especially on the early downs and first and second down. But I thought, you know, overall, a very encouraging performance for the first time. I think that the, the Panthers defense is playing well. Um, this number thing, you know, that's a whole other thing to adapt to. Maybe it doesn't affect the young guys because they're used to it. But I thought the things that you want to see out of him, the mobility, to be able to throw from different spots uh, and, and see that ball really explode out of his hands. You saw Sunday, so that's exciting. You were Sam Darnold's backup in his rookie year. What message did you have for Sam and what do you think Sam will do down in Carolina? Now he's kind of got a fresh start there. What are your expectations of him? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the flip of that is uh, as encouraging as, as Zach's performance was relative to, to you know, being a rookie. and being. I think it's for, same can be said for Sam. You know, he's, he's a few years ahead of Zach. And I think if Sam, you know, has the game that Zach had in year three, you're a little concerned. But, you know, as a rookie, you're, you're excited for Zach and where he's going. But for Sam – he had the game he needed to have, you know, as a first time out as a Carolina Panther. Uh, I think he managed the ball well on early downs. Christian McCaffrey is an asset, and he understands that. I, I think, you know, we all saw uh, Sam has a lot of the same capabilities as Zach does outside the pocket, but it's just knowing when to say when for him. And a lot of times, especially when you're in a building mode as an organization, the pressure of, of you know, a young quarterback is to, I got to make that play. I got to show these guys I can play. I think that's been alleviated for Sam. Um, I think Joe Brady uh, being, you know, a little more seasoned play caller was helpful for Sam Sunday. So I, I think he can be really excited about how he played because I think I saw growth in him and, and I saw him playing uh, relative to the people around him and not trying to be a world beater. Um, and he made some really impressive throws. Uh, so, you know, great one down uh, down there to Robbie, another Jets guy. And so, you know, I think he had the game that he needed to have as a first game for him as a Carolina Panther. It certainly helps when you have number 22 in the backfield, Josh. Like watching that, I was like, holy cow, this guy is so good. Like, you know he's good, but then when you actually sit there and watch him and watch him operate in space, just such a such an asset for a quarterback to have a guy like that. No doubt. And here's why, here's why, Kaz, because we preach so hard for quarterbacks on early downs. Hey, first and second down, it's a lot It's a lot of play action. But even when we call a drop back pass, like, we're not trying to jam the ball downfield. Zach's interception, I believe, came on first or second down, you know, to, to, to Shaq. To Shaq. You're not trying to jam the ball downfield. If they get soft, if they play zone coverage, then kick the ball down because that's a run down anyway. Anyway, if we go get four yards, we're in good shape. And I think a lot of times the pushback is, hey, man, and for Sam a little bit, hey, the guy I'm checking the ball down ain't getting me four yards. So then you get in this mindset of I got to go make this play. I got, well, now Sam has Christian McCaffrey to your point where there's a little bit of like, OK, man, these are breather plays. If I if I, I, I say love it or list it like the show, like you either love it or you list it, you just check it down and move on. OK, he really did a good there's a couple good times where he slid up in the pocket, found Christian. They went and got eight yards. And so now you're keeping your play caller on schedule, and it's helpful for everybody. I think Zach will evolve with that. I think the North Carolina, the North Carolina running back, I believe, uh, the rookie there is going to be a good player. Michael Carter. Yeah, yeah. Michael Carter. There you go. And, and so I think he's going to be a very good player in that same mold where Zach's going to be able to move and find him and uh, and keep the sticks moving, especially for a young play caller. So what I saw Sunday was, you know, a couple of young quarterbacks that are a few years apart, and you saw the difference. But but Christian McCaffrey having that safety net is huge for Sam. 
and hopefully he'll utilize that the rest of the year. You have so much experience for so many different teams, and now you're coaching high school football. You had an interview for the Texans head coaching position. I feel like you'd be a great head coach, Josh. What do you what do you think? Are you think you're you're going to be an NFL head coach one day? You know what? But we'll see. If if I've learned anything with all these jerseys on the wall behind me, it's not <laughs> to make any plans. <laughs> you know, so you know, I, I that's in my heart. I think uh, I'm I'm thankful for when I when I was out of the league, as I shared earlier, the, getting the high school coaching experience, then getting back in and getting around uh, men like Chris Ballard, Lovey Smith, Rob Marinelli, who started calling that out in me, saying, "Hey, you need to really look into coaching. You really need to think about that." Uh, because that wasn't really in my mind to do that. And uh, so I'm thankful for those guys. And, and I do think eventually at some point um, I want to get back in it. Uh, there's so much to learn about, about you know, coaching in the NFL and, and, you know, hopefully maybe one day becoming a head coach. So I understand that. So my focus and what's been great is, you know, coaching and planning and, and transferring information is a skill set, whether you're doing it in high school, college, or pre, it doesn't matter. You have your task with transferring the game plan and the information to that player or to your team. And so for me right now, really getting to hone my skills on doing that because just like any any room, any wide receiver room, you've got different personalities, different people that learn different, and you got to be able to make sure they show up and play on Friday nights or Saturday or Sunday. So for me, maybe one day right now the focus is, is the wide receivers at Rusk High School, and I'll, I'm going to do the as best I can. And then if something shakes up down the road, we'll see. Josh, I'm curious, with all the markets you played in, there's always a storyline in New York in every sport when a free agent comes here that it's a little different here, or head coaches too, that there's more pressure here, there's more media. I'm curious, from someone who you lived through it, is New York different, or is it the same in Chicago? Is it is it the same in Carolina? Like, is there is there a different feeling in New York in terms of pressure? Absolutely, just because you know – there's no missteps. You know what I mean? Like you, whatever, if you say something wrong or if you play bad, like they're not glossing over it. Like people are reading about that nationally. And I think Chicago's close because it's a big market, but you guys are competitive. There's a ton of great writers and storytellers in New York with you guys. And so it gets competitive to tell the, to, to tell the best story. And uh, I say this, you know, with any competitive market, sometimes people will do whatever they can to sell, to sell and, and tell a great story. And, so they'll, you know, if there's people writing good things, then somebody's going to say, hey, I can tell a great story writing a bad thing. So that makes the market competitive and makes it tougher. And uh, but you understand as players, we understand it sells our games. You guys sell our games and 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 and, and what ultimately pays us because you tell the stories of our game. And y'all do it well. So. So, yeah, it's a tough market. There's no doubt about it. But um, but that comes with the territory. You know, I, I had conversations with Zach uh, before the draft about or after the draft about that and a little bit before the draft, too. You know, he reached out to me about, you know, playing in New York and all that stuff. So, so you know, it, it's, it's part of the territory. You know, Sam's in a smaller market now. He's probably, you know, he probably walks home after practice and it's like, you know, you're talking to <laughs> two or three people and not 17, you know. So, so good, you know, good for him. Uh, but, but you know, I'm thankful for you guys because uh, it makes our game better the way you guys use your, your talents and your gifts to tell our stories. So there was never a time where you wanted to kick Kaz's ass for a story or a headline, huh? <laughs> Not never raining with Josh. Not Cos. Yeah. <laughs> Other there, there, there's a few, you know, but not Cos for sure. And that's what I mean. You, we get it. Even the guys that write stuff that you don't like, he's trying to feed. He's feeding his family. This is his job. So you know, you get frustrated. And my thing is just, you know, sometimes people will take things that maybe you said that they that you know and they know wasn't on the record, and they take it and they 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 put it in print, and you're like, well, we weren't really. That wasn't the subject of the interview, you know. So. 
those things kind of can get frustrating. But for, but Kaz ain't one of you know. There's there's a ton of good people there. You just have to learn to manage it, and it's it's part of it. You know, um, having to walk in, you know, from a practice or from a game and have to sit and talk you know, and talk about, you know, the game plan and answer some of the questions over and over again, you know, that's part of it. And there's, you know, New York in the bigger markets, it happens more than, than the smaller ones where they're chasing one guy and they want to hear his quote and they get back to you and you're like, why not? And you're answering the same question three times and it, it kind of stinks, but, uh, but that's part of it. Just won our media good guy award, Jake, in 2017, I think, right? When, yeah, the year that you were the starter. So he's up on, we have a plaque on the wall here where Josh's name will be forever as long as there's a media room here. Well, Josh, Kaz called you the greatest player he's covered, the most, you know, the <laughs> nicest, the most the enjoyable nicest guy, guy he's covered. So yeah. it's something about you. That that he loves, so that's good. Well, I, 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 I say, that. thank you, Kyle. Josh, Josh treated us like human beings. Not everybody does that, and uh, yeah, he, he's the best. I remember I told your wife that at a Super Bowl after that, and that's right. She goes, "Oh man," she goes, "He was nervous about coming to New York." Well, <laughs> hey, because I won the nice guy thing, I didn't win a lot of games, man. You know what I mean? So I, you know, so you, you, people people you know tear you apart with that stuff, and and uh, you know, I was nervous coming there, but I, I tell you what. From just experiencing the city, the fans, everything about it, it's one of the most favorite things in my career was being a New York Jet. And I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart, from meeting, you know, the Johnson family to working with everybody there. It was just great. And uh, and it's special. And uh, and that's what I share with that. You know, it's just it's an awesome organization to play for. And um, and I think it's a special time. I think they nailed it with the head coaching hire. I think they've got personnel people in there that know what they're doing, that have a plan, and, ha- and have shown that they will execute the plan. And I think they hit it on the quarterback. So it's a, I think it's a good time to be a Jets fan. I think um, nobody wants to hear, you know, well, let's keep waiting, let's keep waiting. But I think, <laughs> Patience. I, I think, you know, you're getting over the hump. It's just, it's, it was, and and we said it back then when we drafted Sam. It was an arms race in, in the AFC East to to, to see who's going to nail the quarterback, and Buffalo did, and and now everybody's trying to keep up, and it seems like New England's got theirs, and. Miami's hoping they have theirs, and I think the Jets have theirs. So, you know, we'll see, but it's a good time because they're growing together. Add a few more pieces, and this thing's going to take off. Josh, one last one for me. Um, you know, you were here, uh, you know, it, it was it's three years ago now. It's the, the losing has continued. You know, it's been now, other than a blip in 2015, it's pretty much been a decade of losing. And I, I talked to a veteran player a few years ago who had been, been on another team. And he said to me, he goes, he goes, you know, what's bad here. He's like, is if you lose a few games, there's a feeling of like, uh oh, here we go again, because that's kind of just been the culture here. And I think Robert Sala now is trying to overcome that. But it's hard because this team is probably not going to win a lot of games this year. So I'm just curious from your perspective, did you feel that here? And how do you sort of overcome that uh, as a franchise other than winning? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, no doubt. No, I mean, I felt that individually because my career was kind of set in places like this. Hey, it's a rebuild. You know what's going to happen. It's a rebuild. You know what's going to happen. And I'm the bridge quarterback and all that. And so you do that two or three times and you don't win a ton of games. And you start to go, man, is it, you know, why are we, you know, why am I so bad? Why are we so, you know, and so you're constantly trying to reframe and and get your mind in a good position. I think they did a good job. I think that was probably the number one reason why the move on from Sam was necessary. Because I, I don't think it's necessarily anything that Sam did per se, as much as it was, we need to reset at the most important position because that's coming. What you said, Kaz, is coming. We're going to, we may not win a lot of games this year. And for Sam, those feelings of here we go again, 
can come back a lot faster than they will for Zach Wilson. And so uh, I think it was just the best thing that they did to fight that was picking Zach. Okay, I think that's number one. And and then obviously um, hiring Coach Sala. So uh, those two things, I think Robert's a unique person. I think he's uniquely gifted to lead that team. And uh, and I think they're going to be just fine because they they built the roster the right way. I, I think you, you you look up front. I know there were some things, you know, Sunday that people go, oh, was the protection or whatever. But I would say you have to be careful putting protection on the O-line solely when you're playing with the young quarterback because how fast he processes things and when he gets the ball out of, a hand, out of his hand. If we're doing that, you know, week 10, 12, you know, 13, 14, then, then maybe we can, you know, have some cause for concern. But I think they've shored up up front. They've, they've, uh, that's been a focus, you know, and, uh, and so now it's just continuing to find playmakers and let the young quarterback grow. You have a young play caller there too. Who I think is terrific, but he's he's got to grow too. Much similar to the situation Sam's in with Joe Brady, where Joe had to grow. Joe had some experience, had to grow. He's getting better. It's going to be the same thing uh, for these guys in New York. But you're right, and, and and in this game, you can check all the boxes, but you need some breaks as well, and you need some some things to go right to avoid that here we go again feeling. But I think this young player is going to do. You know, the quarterback's going to do enough to get people excited, and 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 he's going to you know have enough to build on. And the clock is reset with him, so that whether it's late in this year where you start seeing a push or, you know, really next year you start rolling. So so I, I think they've approached it the right way. And, and I think he got to the organization at the right time. If it's if Sam's still there, I think it's going to be, a, you know, it'd be a heavy lift. I really do because of the things that, you know, he has to fight from, from his history. But I think with Zach, it's a reset and it's good for everybody. Last one for you, Josh. Where are you at when you're not signed? Like now, like do you work out every day? Are you like in game shape? Are you like quarterback shape? Like what Jake is Jake is like your agent here, Josh. He's I, pushing. Just, listen, if you if you need an agent, right, I got Mike you. Mike McCart Mike McCartney better watch this. Well, because his your hair is always on point. Like you should have got like a listen. like a clearly me and Kaz don't relate. We have no, no. hair, but you could have got a hair gel uh sponsor or dealer in, in New York when you were here. But what what What's your physique? What What's your status? And how do you prepare if you're not signed at the beginning of the year? Well, you know, I throw the ball every day with the kids. You know, I was throwing one-on-ones with these guys, you know, in between uh, drills and stuff. And, uh, you know, I try to get workout in as much as I can. But, yeah, you know, I, I, I stay in shape just to, you know, help my body feel better because I'm old, you know. So, um, <laughs> so. So, yeah, and then I, you know, I'm going to keep my hair right because it's about all I got now, you know. And so when you look like this, you got to keep your hair right because you got to accentuate the positive. So, so that's all I got going. But yeah, I'll, I'll, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, in my mind, I'm going to be here doing this and, and, you know, be done and, and, you know, we'll see. But you never know. And like I said, I got all these jerseys on the wall for a reason. You know, something could shake out where, you know, a team, you know, called and, and we, we, you know, entertain it or, or at least listen. But my focus is, is coaching ball. Um, but I'm, I, you know, I'm gonna stay in shape just because I want my body to feel good. And I got these two, you know, two young studs in my house that are that are creeping up on me, and I got to make sure I can keep them in line. Josh's oldest son Owen's going to Colorado, right? Right, yep. Josh, next year, play for Carl Durrell, who was a receivers coach with the Jets when Josh was here. It all it all comes back to Florham Park. He's a quarterback, I assume, right? He's a quarterback. That's right. You nice. know, like you know, apologize, but I don't keep up with college football. He was being recruited, so I was starting to keep up a little more. But the whole pro athlete kid thing, I just try to let him do his thing and not have to, you know. I knew Mel Tucker was at Colorado, and then I, and then some, you know, way I I you know lost that he left and all that stuff. And he goes, "Hey man, Colorado offered me," and I was like, "Oh man, that's cool," you know, Mel. And this, he goes, "No, no, no, it, it's Coach Durrell from the Jets." And I'm like, "Oh no," you know, I was so excited <laughs> for Carl and for him to get to play for a man like Carl. Carl's a special dude; he really is. And 
I was thankful for my time there at the Jets with him and what he's doing there at Colorado. Um, we've had a couple of visits and uh, we couldn't be more thrilled that our sons will get to play for Carl and be around him, not only from a football aspect, but from a human aspect because he's such a high character person. So we're huge Buffs, Buffs fans now and uh, looking forward to uh, to when that day comes sometime next year. Josh, a quarterback. Luke in the NFL is a quarterback. Your son is a quarterback. The McCowns could sling it. It runs in the family, and uh, if Josh gets signed this season, we'll look back to this interview and remember that he's been staying ready, baby. He's been staying ready. Josh McCown, you can follow him on Twitter, at Josh McCown 12 A great career, 18 years, and not done yet. We'll see what happens this year. Josh, thanks so much for coming on Gangs All Here, and definitely uh, would love to have you back on. We could talk uh, football for hours with you. We, we really appreciate it. Awesome. Love to do it. Thanks, guys. That says goodnight to episode 70, the Mike DeVito edition, friend of the program of Gags All Here, our Jets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Brian Mugia for helping me on producing the show. Subscribe to Gags All Here on Apple Podcasts. Go in there now, give us a five-star rating, and write in a nice review. We appreciate your support. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else you get your podcasts. For Brian Costello, I'm Jake Brown. We'll be back on Monday following the Jets home opener against the Patriots. Enjoy the game, take flight, and thanks for listening, folks.